Welcome to The Culture Shift. We want this podcast to empower you as leaders to make impactful change in your workplace. I'm Vicky Bars, and I specialize in transforming organizations through equity, diversity, and inclusion initiatives. In each episode, we'll delve deep into the fascinating world of workplace culture. Join me as I sit down with an array of incredible guests, including members of our very own Culture Shift team and industry experts. Through these thought-provoking conversations, we aim to equip you with the knowledge, tools, and inspiration you need to drive positive change in your workplace. Whether it's breaking down barriers, thinking about how you include a more diverse workforce, or fostering a culture of collaboration and belonging, we've got you covered. So let's dive straight into an episode. Hello and welcome back to The Culture Shift. Today I'm delighted to be sitting down with Chelsea Ma, Head of Marketing here at Culture Shift. The reason we wanted Chelsea to be the person to talk about this topic is because she is highly regarded in our team as a kind and compassionate leader and workplaces need more managers like Chelsea. Can you give us a bit of a brief context as to what your role entails and how you came to be Head of Marketing here at Culture Shift? Yeah, of course. Um, So yeah, as head of marketing, I am responsible for the overall marketing strategy for Culture Shift. Um, I manage our agency relationships and manage our team of uh, marketers at Culture Shift as well. There are five in the marketing team now, including me. I really stumbled into the world of marketing. Originally, actually, I thought I wanted to be an accountant. I was working in an accountancy practice. Um, Their marketing manager went off on maternity leave. And so I was helping out doing a few things sort of while she was off, found that I liked it, found that I was okay at it. Um, And it kind of snowballed from there, really. So I did some qualifications through that workplace and um, stayed there for nine years. I then joined Trust, which was the branding agency that Culture Shift was born out of. And at the time when I joined Trust, Culture Shift was like just a bit of a side project. And uh, Gemma and Carl were like, we've got this thing. We might need you to work on Culture Shift's marketing a little bit of the time. And then within six months, that was my full time job. Mm. Um, So it like really quickly grew from the the point um, that I joined. And then, so that was like five years ago. And then I feel like my career at Culture Shift has had like at least three significant parts. There was that time when it was just me, it was a bootstrapped business. There was like no marketing budget. Um, I was the marketing team. Um, Then after we got our first round of investment, um, another marketer joined the team. There was two of us. We had a budget that we could operate with. And then after we got our second round of investment, we grew the team even further. So we hired two more people and then another person recently. Um, And I guess throughout that time, I've been developing my skills as a leader and as a a people manager. I hadn't done that before Mm. um, joining Culture Shift. And that's something that I've loved doing as well. So I, I see that as a significant part of my role as the marketing side of what I do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. 
So the topic we're looking to cover today is around psychological safety and building trust in teams. Um, and as I said in the introduction, you know, you've had really great feedback as a manager on, on helping to build that trust. Um, but psychological safety, I guess, is a bit of a buzzword and you know, let's explore what it actually means and, and how you actually, um, what steps you take to make sure it's something that is existing in your workplace because it shouldn't just be like you know, a tick box. So yeah, what does it mean to you, Charles? Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for saying that. Like, I feel really humbled to have been asked to be on this podcast episode. Um, uh, it definitely is a buzzword, and that was something that scared me when I saw that, that that was the title of this episode. I feel like it can sound like quite a complex concept. Mm. Um, but actually, it's relatively simple, although that doesn't mean that it's easy to do. Yeah. Um, to me, psychological safety in this workplace in particular is about creating a space where people can speak up, can share ideas, can uh, fail, and that's okay, um, and don't ever get you know, punished or um, made to feel embarrassed or less than or anything like that for sharing any of those things. Um, and that's why I say, you know, it sounds like a simple concept, but actually that's quite difficult um, to put into practice on a daily basis. Yeah, I love the idea of like feeling safe to fail. Yeah. And like in workplaces, if you don't fail and learn from it like how do you ever progress like no one gets everything right the first time every time and you know if you expect that people will that puts such an enormous amount of pressure on individuals that they're not going to enjoy working with you and they're not likely to succeed either so yeah that like point around failure I think is really critical yeah I heard something the other day and I can't remember where this quote is from now but um, it's someone who says like you should actually always expect your first attempt to be your worst like that should just be the norm that's the expectation at work Um, and then you learn from that and then grow from that and I think that all businesses and leaders like in a operating in a competitive landscape would say that they need people to be able to contribute ideas fail fast learn from that make changes like you know be agile be innovative and stuff Mm. like that they would that would be an expectation like that would be needed to be a successful business um but i'm not sure that people are always connecting the dots and and saying if that's the type of environment that we need to be a successful thriving business we need to make sure that we have created a space where that is um achievable let's talk about some of the practical things that culture shift is doing and like you specifically as a manager to build that trust and that psychological safety yeah sure so I try to build that psychological safety from very early on in any interactions that I have with like prospective uh, employees um, so that they know that that's the, the norm um, and what they can expect if they were to come into, into my team, into the marketing team. So one way that I do that is by leaning quite heavily on our values. So we have um, three values at Culture Shift, unstoppable progress, unending support and unshakable belief. Well done um, remembering those off the top of your head. 
Um, but the unstoppable progress one is about um, continuous improvement and innovation, right? And you have to have psychological safety mm. for that to be an environment, like mm. for those not to just be words on a wall. Um, so I talk about that value, but then talk about how we like bring that in um, into practice in a day-to-day basis. Um, and I would try and lead by example with that. So talk about how, you know, the journey that I've gone on as a marketer at Culture Shift and all the billion and one things that I have done that have failed or that have, mm. um, you know, ended up being a bit of a mistake, but it's okay because I learned from them. And then as I grew the team, like other people have um had initiatives and stuff like that that haven't gone the way that we wanted them to and again like that's okay because we've learned from it so um I would always like from from that very first like moment in the first interview try and um share that so that people know this is an environment that I'm coming into it's such good role modeling isn't it like I think that's key for any leader listening is you know the fact that you need to be leading by example and yeah. and, and setting that tone um, and if you expect other people to behave in a certain way behave that way yourself yeah yeah it sounds simple. it sounds really straightforward <laughs> doesn't it <laughs> yet so many people don't do it and it and you know um yeah what um, what other examples would you like to share yeah, so then then when um, I guess you're getting to know team members, like like one of the big things with psychological safety is around getting to know people as people and as individuals and not just for like the work output that they'll be like mm. delivering to your business, you know, like what makes them tick as a human um, and what do they need to like thrive and feel safe and comfortable in a workspace as well. So always make sure that there's time to like get to know people um on an individual basis so that's like in all of our meetings that we have as a marketing team like as standard there is time to chat and check in and mm. things like that at the beginning of those um we're also quite intentional about getting together and getting to know each other on a deeper level so one of the things that's optional when you join Culture Shift is completing a user manual. Have you done? I have not yet completed a user manual. Right. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> um, but actually, I think that you're going to go on to say, but like doing it with others yes. um, wasn't sort of something that I, um, I was offered when I started because I'm not on your team. Um, <laughs> um, it's you know, something that I think would, yeah, is a really wonderful idea. So tell us a bit more about like how you do that together. Yeah, so it's something that's there. People can fill it in optionally if they want to. Um, and yeah, like you said, most people, I think, just go off and fill the user manual in by themselves. It, it's basically a guide for your colleagues to read to get to know you better um what you need to thrive what you look like when you're in the zone what you look like when you're stressed um and yeah how you like to manage and be managed and all sorts of things like that early on when um, the team the marketing team grew to four people we decided to get together um, and complete that as a, together as a team. Well, we picked like three questions from it. There's like, I don't know, 16 or something all together. Mm. Um, but we sat down and we answered, what, um, what do I struggle with? What do I look like when I'm stressed? And how do I like to receive feedback? Mm. Um, and we, we 
took a minute to think about that ourselves and wrote that down but then shared and I felt like that was so powerful like everyone was so respectful of one another like listened to what it was that they struggled with like empathized with that listen to how they like to receive feedback and like really took that on and now you know that's the way that we treat one another in the marketing team on the basis of people's user manual so I think that's a really good um a really good thing to implement so it's really important that you as a manager I guess get feedback in both directions so we've talked a bit about sort of um, you know how you might share with your line people you line manage and um, how might you encourage them to give you feedback and um, how does that look in your team yeah I agree it's like really really important ever since I became a line manager like I've been super super keen to get feedback from um yeah people who I line manage on what I can be doing better to support them like one thing I think is really important is that it's not like oh I'm a manager and I manage in this way it's like I manage this person in this way and this person in that way because that's how they that's like what they need and you have to be able to flex your like leadership styles and and things like that to suit people so always like really keen to get feedback um one of the things that I implemented was just surveys it was before we had our own report and support system Mm. here at culture shift um, and before we did great places to work surveys and anything like that so just for me to be able to survey my team on a monthly basis and um, I changed the questions up every time depending on like what had gone on that month or if there Mm. was something that felt like I needed to give space to um it's not just work questions on there so that's another opportunity to get to know people on a personal level um you know ask them about anything that's going on outside of work that will inevitably be affecting them in inside of work um if you're aware of something that's going to be coming up in their personal life like you can ask them how they're feeling about that if they need any support during that time um and so with that I always make sure it's tailored to the individual as well so there's some questions there that are really specific to them and I did that in in a Google form so that people could take time to reflect on the month and give feedback in writing because I felt that if I just went into the monthly meeting and said any feedback for me like what can I be doing better nine times out of ten people would just say oh no oh, nothing no. really it's yeah quite intimidating telling your line manager oh actually I'd prefer if you gave me more warning to do that particular piece of work or yeah. like you know whatever the feedback might be it's quite yeah so it I, is. I really like the idea of people being able to do that in their own time yeah yeah I like that so make sure you send that out you know in, in, in advance so that people can take some time to think about it and then it's already written down on paper so then when you come to have the meeting like I'm going to bring it up and we're going to speak about it and it's going to be and fine they don't have to, and it removes that yeah. awkwardness for them because I think if you've got feedback for your manager about anything especially if it's something challenging like you can really sit with that for a really long time and and it can build up to a much bigger feel much bigger to you I guess as the more junior person um and so yeah it's really nice to offer that space like on a regular basis and make it part of a pattern of a conversation not just like a random one-off like 
360 degree feedback is quite popular in a lot of yes. workplaces but they happen like quite infrequently um so yeah this sort of idea of doing that and like just building it into the narrative of the conversation you have every month yeah um, is yeah a cracking idea yeah i learned something recently as well just to develop that a little bit further which was rather than say have you got any feedback for me make sure you put and um, what's one piece of feedback or what's two and like ask for a specific number and then you're more likely to get some yeah. so that was quite useful yeah i know you have one so let's just hear it yeah <laughs> there's gonna be something so tell yeah. me what it is yeah. that really is just like we're going the extra mile isn't it and i think you know a lot of people fall into line management responsibility and don't take the time to really consider the everyday actions that they can take which will help to allow people to feel safe and comfortable in the workplace and you know linking this back to what we do as a company and and why we exist as culture shift like we talk a lot about creating speak up cultures and people won't speak up if they don't feel that where they're sharing that information with is a trusted place and space and so yeah each of these tips i hope those are listening can take on board to start to create you know teams that feel they can share what's going on for them i hope so Something else we do as Culture Shift that helps people bring their whole selves to work is our shifter spotlights. I love them. Um, so they're once a month and a staff member gets to pick a topic that's um, you know, close to their heart and they get to share that information. So I play roller derby and I did my shifter spotlight on what roller derby is. Not everyone knows. It's a full contact sport on roller skates. Um, but we've had them around improv um, and comedy. We've had them around... Um, uh, being Welsh and, and learning about the Welsh language. There was a recent one about American football and you got yeah. to take it outside and actually play football, Yeah, that was right? so fun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're like, you know, we have lunch and we just take an hour, like, really getting to know someone's passion, someone's interest, and um, we always learn so much from them. And I just, I love love it i think it's a really fantastic thing that we do psychological safety and trust are um obviously as we've been saying like things that are really important to people and we can build them up with all of these actions that we've um suggested in this podcast but it's easily lost and easily eroded and um what are some of the common pitfalls that we might see for people who are perhaps exhibiting behaviors that might yeah contribute to eroding that trust yeah, it is easily lost, too easily lost. And unfortunately, like those small behaviours that can erode trust, it then takes so long to, or can take so long to rebuild it after mm. those. Um, but it happens. I think that it can be, it can be a number of things and it can be anything from um, not, you know, checking your body language and, um, everything before you react and respond to an idea like not thinking before you speak um to you know more extreme behaviors that we um aim to tackle such as bullying harassment you know leading um, a culture of fear where people just actively wouldn't share their ideas in those organizations because there's a manager that's going to come in and, and shout about this mistake that happened or laugh at this idea that sounds ridiculous or something like that and that sounds um like it wouldn't happen but it does happen mm. um I've been in organizations where that's happened what an idea of mine has been uh, I've been laughed at um and it was horrible mm. and it does um 
well, I didn't share anything again, put it that way, and then, you know, left soon after. So, um, yeah, it definitely happens. I think um, things such as, like, having one rule for you and uh, one rule for others, I think, is really damaging Mm. in terms of psychological safety. You know, managers thinking that they're above certain things and and they can behave in a certain way but uh, other people have to behave in this way I think that that's um, quite a common pitfall I think um, taking credit for success that wasn't yours is quite a common Mm. pitfall in in this so um, I read a, a quote the other day again that says that good leaders or good line managers should take more than their fair share of credit for mistakes and less than their fair share of credit for successes. Yeah, and so few people are doing that, so right? Few but that is such that. a great principle to manage by. Yeah, definitely. Like, if there's a success, it's a team success big everyone up like celebrate that celebrate the individual you know if it was an individual aside from you who originated that idea um but then if if there's a a failing or a mistake in your team like ultimately the book does stop with you and that I also really believe actions speak louder than words like I think when it comes to damaging psychological safety breaking a promise you know saying that you're going to do something and then doing another thing um is so so detrimental so um yeah again it sounds straightforward but just avoid doing that like if you say you're going to do something do it and so that your team know that they can trust you to yeah Yeah, I think it's about like over like not over promising and under delivering but perhaps flipping it on its head right and like um being confident in what your capacity is and and knowing that and that's quite a core management responsibility actually to know what you can take on in supporting your team what you can support them to deliver not setting them up to fail um I think all of those things are part of that like not over uh, yeah over promising yeah definitely so leadership styles change quite rapidly, I think, over the last few decades. And it's really interesting to see sort of, you know, what are the different management techniques that people get trained in and, and how different people relate to one another. Um, how do you as a like millennial leader relate to that changing of leadership style? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think that actually being a millennial leader has a huge impact on my sort of management style. And I've definitely learned a lot from being managed by previous generations uh, in previous workplaces, um, what I don't like. And I definitely feel like I've then taken that on into how I, you know, treat people who I've ultimately ended up line managing. Um, I think before, whether this is a a generational thing, but I certainly know a few people who would um, sort of tick this box, um, there was less of the getting to know you on a personal level Mm. and there was more rigidity of management style. It was like, this is the way um, people progressed through an organisation and and became managers and they managed in that one set way. Um, And I like didn't really like that and didn't really respond to that very well. So I've definitely tried to take on more of the getting to know people on a personal level, flexing leadership styles um, and things like that. I wonder if there's also a bit of a gendered 
element to um, certain leadership styles as well, the sort of more authoritarian approach um, and, you know, the I'm right, you're wrong, I'm big, you're small, you know, Danny DeVito, Matilda sort of phrase. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of, like, that in the workplace sometimes and I think it takes new and different ways of leading to need to come forward and, and redress that. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think there's something gendered in it and with, um, you know, levels of like self-awareness and empathy and things like that as well. Um, I do think that that plays a big part. Which mistakenly get called soft skills, but yes. actually they're not soft and they're not easy. Um, they're something that people have to work at. And like you said, like you consciously saw a particular type of management style and thought that's not the management style I want to have and actually being able to learn from difficult experiences is really useful yeah definitely I think another thing for me is like growing up and uh, in the world of work through a period of like really dramatic change Mm when we talk about psychological safety and like being comfortable with um throwing out new ideas speaking up it being okay if some of those fail and stuff like that yeah I feel like you have to be comfortable with change I feel like that goes hand in hand um and I yeah I went through a lot of change in in the workplace like I was laughing the other day, actually, because this makes me sound super old, but I applied for my first job um, through sending letters uh, to addresses that I found in the yellow pages. Oh, my God, the yellow pages. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was only 15 years ago, but, like, 15 years is a huge time. And now, obviously, like, so many technological advancements and stuff like that... Um, and yeah, do people not walk around city centres with CVs like hand them out to <laughs> shops anymore? Is that, is that not how you apply for a job anymore? I That's how I got so. my first job. <laughs> and it's like, right, so you know, I've had to like adapt and but like over the course of 15 years, but now mm. like people need to adapt over the course of like a month or like a year, mm. so it is important to make those you know space is safe for that adaptation and that change yeah definitely there was also something that I was thinking about and um, whether this is you feel like this is a agree that this is a generational thing or not um but how like millennials prefer flat structures and how Mm. that perhaps lends an advantage to um building and creating trust I know I feel quite negative about overly hierarchical structures yeah and layers for layers sake yeah i would say um and you know i'm i feel quite lucky that in our organization i'm on the exec team my line manager is the ceo and everyone in my team will benefit from that direct channel like that's about as flat as we can be and I hope to keep it that way and I and people who are in my team now will will become line managers eventually as we grow but I hope to keep it as flat as possible 
Yeah, I guess like mm, for any leaders listening out there, the challenge for that might be that you've got like, you know, if you're a very middle heavy, that's quite an expensive outlay for staff. And so if you have like that many people becoming managers, which is why, you know, um, structures end up narrowing. But one of the pitfalls I often see in larger organizations in particular is then one person managing really big teams. Mm -hmm. I think someone told me they used to manage a team of 80. Wow. How do you even know 80 people's names? Yeah. Let alone what they're doing in their day-to-day job. Like, that is, to me, an absolute recipe for disaster in terms of creating psychological safety. Like, that just doesn't compute. And there may have been supervisory structures within that layering, but I think an ideal sort of maximum number, I think, for line managing and have, is, is five. Yeah. I think five is a hard number in and of itself not ideal sorry I should say like an um, absolute cap um is five and I think anything like lower than that is preferable um and that's how you really get to foster those relationships ask those personal questions and spend that dedicated time right like we have a practice at culture shift where we try and have uh, touch points at least weekly um um with like one-to-one and we do stand-ups so we meet in the mornings we have huddles in certain teams so we're meeting on a weekly basis to talk about project work together there's like a real like fostered connection of collaboration um as a group but there's also like those dedicated monthly one-to-one times which are about your personal development and your projects that you're working on and you know the reality is that we hear about some horror stories where workplaces like people don't speak to their line manager for months on end and it just you can't create that that trust and that psychological safety with the person who is supposed to support you support you when times get difficult if you've never built a relationship with them no exactly and talk about setting people up for failure like the leaders within those organizations are setting those line managers up for failure by mm. having them manage so many people that it it does become impossible for them to build personal connections with them i really agree with you like i think the the sort of cap of a sort of maximum of of five is ideal and when you do think about the processes that we have here with the weekly check-ins the monthly one-to-ones the um all the other kind of ad hoc catch-ups and things like that in between that would become pretty impossible to manage if if you were on a bigger scale yeah Oh, no thanks. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for this, Chelsea. It's been a fantastic conversation. We've covered so much. So thinking about psychological safety and um, some of the practical ways that you can help build that in your team, how it's more than just a buzzword, that it takes time and effort to, to build and that it's easily lost. What are some of the pitfalls when it's lost? We've talked quite a lot about sort of leadership qualities and management style and skills. Some of the things that we do internally as a company, with our shift to spotlights. And it's just been, yeah, a really interesting conversation that I hope lots of people will benefit from some of the tips and ideas that we've suggested today. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I hope people enjoy listening. I have loved chatting with you about this topic. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Culture Shift. We hope you found it insightful and informative. We really appreciate your support and value your feedback. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, share your thoughts, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button to stay updated on when we release new episodes. If you're interested in our other content or how Culture Shift can help your organization, check out our YouTube channel, website, or drop us a message, and I'll see you next time.